Hi. Hello. You know, it's funny, this, this, uh, hello, I'm getting real secular here. You know that song, Hello by Adele? I was listening to the, um, if you don't know, it kind of goes, hello, okay. Some of you are singing the rest of that in your head. I was in the car with uh, Jackson and Joey. I was taking them to school, and uh, we were um, we were skimming through the radio stations, and um, preaching was on, and and I don't remember who it was. It said, "And Jesus said," and I had just now this sounds real bad because I skipped, but I had skipped to the to the next station, and it was, "Hello," that song. It's just funny. So, hello, welcome. It's just Jesus is saying hello to you. And, Welcome. If this is your first time with us, we just want to say hello. Welcome to uh, church. And we hope that you uh, enjoy yourself today and feel like you're already part of the family. Um, in your bulletin, you'll see uh, a first impressions team card. I want you to know that our church right now internally, we are diving into some really profound um, ways to get all of us connected. And this is one area that we really want to encourage you to be connected with. First impressions are, are so vital. And um, as a church, we want to make sure that our impression is a good impression, that our impression is one that says that you're welcome, that you're welcome to come here, um, it, it, that says, hey, the love of God is here. Because let's face it, if the first impression isn't the love of God, there's going to be a real, real hard time reaching people, right? It's going to be very tough. And I'll just give you a short process, and I know this isn't part of the sermon, but if somebody comes and their heart, their heart is, is broken or maybe even just a little bit distrusting of church, and maybe it's kind of stood in the, in the way of getting to have a relationship with God, there's whole sorts of things that can cause people to pause before they come to church. And if they come in here and they come through the parking lot and, and they don't get noticed and then... All of a sudden, they walk through those doors, and the greeters are busy talking and, you know, and greeting, and they just happen to walk through, and somebody doesn't notice them. And, and then they, they have to find a seat, and they're not really sure where to sit, and they, they sit off to the side, and then uh, nobody said hi to them or welcomed them. That's, that's a bad first impression. The reason why this is so important is really the message of the gospel starts out there. And we pray for people to come and hear the gospel. This is all about Jesus changing and transforming lives. If they come in with a bad first impression of not loved, not being seen, not being noticed, that means during the worship time, it's going to be a little bit hard. And then an altar call, if they're hard, if they don't feel like this church cares about them, this church loves about them, the altar call is going to be mean nothing. So all the preparation for preparing for worship and praying through that and the, and the preparation for, for the sermon and, this, and, and diving into that, it really starts with how we receive people. And the truth, we want the truth to settle in. On the, other, on the flip side, somebody comes in the parking lot, you know, we get to see them, we say hi, you know, and we, we, and we just get to embrace them and say, hey, I'm so glad that you came today. They go to the, the greeter, the greeters are able to say, hey, we are so excited for you. Let me introduce you to my friend John, you know, and John, hey, this is great, you know, and, and we get to know one another. They come in and we find them a seat and all of a sudden they've met five people before sitting down, Right. And then all of a sudden they're thinking, man, this is such a loving church. The walls begin to break down just just practically, right? And then they're able to enter into worship just a little bit more easily. And so when the, worship, the altar time comes or the prayer time comes to make a decision for Christ, there's less of the barrier there to receive Christ. 
And the whole point of this is, as a church, we're in this together. It's not the pastor's job. It's not the stage's job. This is us as a body, as a family, to say, how do we do the very best that we can to just love people and share the love of Christ? This first impressions team right there, I would love to have every single person involved in this. This is talking about parking. I know it sounds very just surface, but it's not. This is about life change. This is about heart change. It's about making a connection with people and about allowing God to love, love through us and through you. Greeters. It's about um, all sorts of stuff that you can get involved with. And we want you to take a look at this. And if this is something that you might want to consider, I just want to say, please uh, uh, think about that. And we've got a, um, a meeting on November 4th. We'd like you to, to be a part of it. the team. Let's just be a part of the team. That's what it is. Amen. Okay, enough of the commercial, but that is uh, really, really, it really is a big heart issue. It's so, it's so big for us. So we want to just honor God and everything. Let's pray. God, speak to us um, through your word today and help us to gain a, gut, a better insight and understanding of you. Lead us through this. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you um, have a, um, a good memory? If you're thinking, I'm not really sure, I can't remember, that's a bad memory. So how many of us have a bad memory? Probably most of us, some of you that have a good memory, I tell you, I am jealous of you because I just, I don't have a good memory, I struggle with that. In fact, I had struggled through school because my memory is, is just, it's, it, it's terrible. And I try and work on things to, with, with my memorization and just to help that. Um, and there, have you, tell, have you found yourself in an awkward situation when you come face to face with someone you know you've met before and you can't remember their name? So you're like, every week at church, right? You know, so um, I remember I was walking through Lowe's. This was like a year ago. And down the aisle, there was somebody who was so familiar. I saw their face and they were walking towards me and they pointed at me. This person, oh, hey. And I said, like, hey. And we came to like embrace each other. And I couldn't remember his name. In fact, I couldn't remember him. I just knew that I knew him. And he had the same feeling about me. He, he couldn't remember my name. I couldn't, didn't know how we knew each other. And I said, how do I know you? And he says, I don't know. How do I know you? So we went down the process. Okay, church, uh, past, uh, family, brothers, uh, school, kids. We went through the whole game of work and all this sort of stuff. And at the end, we said, well, I don't know how I know you, but have a great day. And that was it. Here's the funny thing about that story. I can't remember if I've told that story before. It's, uh, you know, we're just human beings that have a hard time remembering. Now, we're in a series of uh, going through the book of Joshua. This is the first time as a church that uh, we have gone through such an extensive look at the book of Joshua. What's great about this is if it's your first time, you're just right in the middle of this with us. I mean, you're jumping in. I mean, we're just kind of each book is going to be challenging and different and unique. And uh, it's a great place to grow. It's a good time for you to get connected with the discipleship group at the back. You can get plugged in and discuss this. These times together is really just to spark our conversation with one another um, about God's word. So in discipleship groups, why had somebody ask me, what is this about it? You know, do you have anything that studies the Bible? Discipleship groups is a hard core looking at God's word and how it applies to us. And so this is what we're we're starting today. It's just a I can't. It's just a highlight. 
And you'll have to excuse my voice. I hope it doesn't go totally away. I just got my voice back like yesterday, all week. My voice has been gone. I've been sick. So um, recovering from that. So hopefully my voice can handle it. Uh, so this is just a uh, start. So we're on Joshua chapter 4. You can turn to uh, Joshua chapter 4. We're going to read there. We're going to start with verse 1. And we'll go to verse 7. And there's so much to cover in this, but we're only going to just cover a little bit. Now, just to give a little bit of background, just in case you've missed the last few Sundays, Joshua is now a leader of the Israelites. The Israelites have been wandering the wilderness for decades, about 40 years. Moses was the leader of the Israelites at this time. The Israelite people, there's about three and a half million. Let's say from anywhere from two, from two million up to five million. We're just taking the middle around just saying about three and a half million people. And um, they have been wandering. They've been living off of bread or manna and quail. And, and God has provided a pillar by day and a fire by night. So God has just sustained them uh, through the wilderness and provided miracles daily. But because of their disobedience of building a golden calf and and because of their complaining and distrusting God, they weren't allowed to enter the promised land, which is right across the Jordan. And across the Jordan is the land of Canaan and the promise and the inheritance they're supposed to live in. Now the enemy has encamped into where their Tory is supposed to be. And so now they're getting ready for a battle. They're ready to cross the Jordan, and the Jordan is that flood level state. We know about God's timing. It's perfect, but God allowed this perfect timing to be at the worst, the, this, this river to be at the worst, simply to show if they were going to trust God. And so God says, time for you to move in there. Moses has passed away. Joshua is now in, in leadership. He sent the spies over to Jericho, which is just right on the other side of the Jordan. The spies come back and says, we've got this. They come, they go to the Jordan River. The Jordan River was promised by God that it would stop. But when they come to the Jordan River, it didn't stop until they put their feet into the water. The Jordan River stopped at a place called Adam, which is 18 miles north of where they were at. And so that was a way, way, way away for the river to be stopped flowing. Now, what we've got to understand is that when they stepped their water or their feet into the water, it wasn't like parting the Red Sea immediately. The stop of the flow of the river was up a ways. And sometimes you have to get into the middle of the journey or the process of doing something impossible or God doing something impossible for you. And you have to let that process of God begin to work. And it takes time sometimes for a miracle to come to fruition. So this stopped at Adam and it comes all the way through. And we know last week we discovered that Adam and the curse and and, and the condemnation was stopped at the flow of Adam. And we followed Joshua across the river when that came through. It's like following Jesus into the promised land. And the curse, the curse of Adam has been uh, done away with. So they begin to walk through and they're leaving behind. This is a transition. They're leaving behind decades of wandering and wilderness and just basically surviving into a transition of blessing, a transition of more of God's uh, goodness and fruit in their life. They're about to see more. They just demonstrated their uh, God's power in their lives. This is a huge landmark in their lives. And so now we're at Joshua chapter four. The river stopped flowing. The Israelites walked through. And now as the, the Israelites are through, we still have the priests that are holding the, cov- the Ark of the Covenant in the middle. And then God instructs the uh, uh, 12, 12 to come into and get something from the river. And that's where we're at in Joshua chapter 4. Are we all caught up to speed? 
Okay, I won't go that in depth every week, but uh, this week we're, we're there. So uh, I've just got to get there. Joshua chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Here we go. You ready? When the whole nation had finished, finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men that he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. This is really representing every people and nation. And said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord, God, your God, into the middle of the Jordan, back into the middle. Each of you has take up one stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the floor of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the, the, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones are to be a memorial to those people of Israel forever. I want to talk to you today about stones. Stones. The stones that, that are in your life. The things that we need to remember. To not forget. To be diligent. To not let time allow the things that are important that God has done in your life to slip away from your memory. There's three things that we see that is important to remember when we look at this. With the Israelites setting up the stones, there's three principles that you can apply, that we can apply to this in our lives. And I'm just going to lay it out and then we're going to talk about it. It's your past. It's your present. And it's your future. We see all three things pointing to what we need to remember. The past is so important to remember. See, God didn't want the Israelites to forget where they came from. How many of you have a past where you know God has delivered you from? It's good to remember that, and it's important and necessary. Because if you forget your past, you forget your deliverance. If you forget your past, past you forget how God intervened. And the temptation is to forget about the past, right? We move on, we forget. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to live there. I don't want to go there. You don't, you're not living there. The Israelites weren't living there, but they were remembering the past. And there's a difference between remembering the past and dwelling upon the past. You, you, you know the difference because when you meet someone who is dwelling on the past, they're never allowing God to heal them. So we're not here to dwell on the past, but we are to remember the past. And the past mistakes, failures, and faults is good to remember. Why? Because it helps teach us, right, our mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes, but we better learn from them. That's not nothing new. But this is what God is showing with us and saying, don't don't just just recognize your mistakes, but know that they're there so that you can learn from them. Learn to trust God in your mistakes. See, this was a new transition, a new opportunity for them to remember the mistakes of their fathers to make sure that they didn't repeat them. If you want to do a word study and really gain a, a, a a, a spiritual growth and insight to God's nature and character, do a word study on remembering him. How many times does God say, remember me? He says that because it's so important for you mentally, emotionally, and it builds you spiritually to remember God in your past, present, and future. The past 
is important for us because some of our greatest lessons are learned from our past, and hopefully so, so that we can carry forward and have momentum for the future. And making mistakes is, is inevitable, but it is valuable learning tool. But remembering the past helps us gain a better perspective of where we're at now. You want to have a good perspective? Just think about how far you've come, right? You might be having a bad day, but that bad day isn't compared to any of those bad days that you had before. And you know what it was like when you were trying to do it all on your own and you were and you were just wandering, going in circles and there was just nothing there for you and it's just in a barren wasteland. You don't want to go back there. You're not living in it, but you remember what that's like. That gives you a perspective of today of what you do have. So when we're thinking about remembering Christ, remembering God, the past, present, future, you can't forget the past. And the tendency is to say, I don't want to remember the past. We don't have to live in the pain or the hurt or the garbage. That's not what remembering the past is. You can have a memory of something that was very hurtful and very painful, but you don't have to live there because your, your emotions aren't tied to those memories. Some of us want to tie our emotions to the memories of the past, but that's not healthy. God just wants you to remember what, what he has delivered you from in the past. He will heal your heart. How? By remembering the past, we know where we're at now. We can see God's grace in our past. We forget the past. We forget his grace. How many of us just don't want to forget his grace and his forgiveness? Thank you, God, for your forgiveness in my life. Oh, my goodness. That is so healthy and so healing for all of us to remember his grace and never forget about him in our past. Because that will not only help us in our present, it will help us in our future. Second thing that the stones were there for, right in the middle, they were. It, it's to help us remember that God is in is our ever present help. Present in the now, don't forget what God is doing for you right now. He stopped the Israelites and says, "I want you to tw- choose twelve men. I want you to go pick up. Thank you, honey. Pick up twelve stones now. Remember what's happening now." Do you have a miracle that God is working through right now? Don't forget about that. Do you have an answer of prayer that God is answering now? Do you have a healing that's going on in you right now? If you do, thank God for that. Don't forget about that. Here's what's interesting. These Israelites come up to the river. Let's just say this is the, the river here. They haven't stepped in yet. Those stones that were healthy, those those stones that was there to provide a miracle testimony for the future generations were already there. They just weren't revealed yet. When the water ceased, the stones became visible. Here's the point. You're going to go through some things that are going to be very tumultuous, very troubling, very scary, impossible. So you step into that. God's going to wipe away all the clutter and reveal some very important truths in your life to build you up for the future. Those stones were there, but they were only revealed in that moment. How do you know that God has revealed some very profound statements into your life in the middle of the miracle? And the miracle isn't always comfortable. As I said before, it took a while for that river to, to wash through. And as that began to, to wash through and reveal those stones that were there, God had them see what he had for them to set up for the future as a a foundation or a building block. 
There are things in your life that will be revealed the most during that time. Vulnerability will give you a new vision. In the middle of that river, they were vulnerable. They didn't know, right? I mean, they trusted, it, trusted God that he would hold the, the waters back. It was only by a miracle that they were standing there. They were vulnerable. And in those vulnerable moments of your life, where you're in the middle of that, where it just seems impossible, he's going to show his greatest gift of his love for you at that moment. He's going to speak so profoundly new truths into your life that you haven't discovered before. These are going to be like stones that are gems that are going to be sparkling for you, and you're going to be a hold on to that. You're going to discover God in a new way at that moment. He's going to reveal things that you never saw before that moment, that he's going to have you take that with you into the future. He's going to have you grab a hold of what's there and bring it along with you and plant that where you stay, right? It wasn't just on the other side of the river. It was Gilgal where they were staying. He's going to speak his most important lessons to you, and they're going to learn some valuable, valuable lessons that are going to be picked up in the middle of that miracle in the moment in your presence. Don't forget to pick up the stones that are in the present because you will forget and you do not want to forget. You see, the whole point is that we have got to be intentional about not forgetting God's goodness in your life. We have to be intentional. I have to be intentional about where I put my keys. You would think, right, because it's, it's something I use every single day. But if I just throw them down somewhere, which I have a tendency to do, I'm going to forget. I have to be intentional about where I place it. What God is saying, you have to be intentional about where you're going to place these things I've done for you in your life. Remember him. In your past and your present, God is your refuge and your strength. Don't forget that. He an ever-present, ever-present help in trouble. The Israelites, God was providing a way. In the middle of trouble. Three, God will remind us of our past or present and our future. Our past, our present, and our future. Serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. Joshua set the stones up as a reminder for those children. Again, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about before, but we have, not, we have to not give in to the temptation. Be careful to be given the temptation to talk about our faults and our weaknesses. The things that we have made mistakes in our life. And I, I, I said this before, and I want to say it again. Barry Michelle, I'm so thankful for the life that God has delivered you from and your openness to what, um, revealing the truth and the honesty of where you were at in the pit. And God has done a miracle in them. And I'm thankful for that, not just for the stories that they share that encourages me and my faith. I'm thankful for them because of the example that they give my kids, their grandkids. And they're building up stones of remembrance of who God is in their lives. In the past, those things that were not good, God has turned that around and made that into something memorable. Here's the thing. And I've said that (laughs) too many times today. But when we're thinking about the stones... Joshua said, or God said, I want you to pick up the stones, right? He said, I want you to pick up the stones. He said, he didn't say, I want you to pick up the dirt and take it with you. Too many of us are taking the dirt along with us across the Jordan. Where the promise and the blessings are, he didn't didn't want them to pile up a bunch of dirt for them to look at. You don't need to look at that. 
what you do. He said, I want you to set up these stones to memorial, to say, this is what God has made and pulled me out of. This is, this is the, the new things that God is building inside of me. I'll never forget where God has brought me from, but I'm not bringing any of that dirt with me. Working with teenagers for years, I got to see the blessings that teenagers receive from their parents. There's some amazing kids out there because of their parents. But I've also seen some of the dirt that has been passed down to their kids. And it's unfortunate, but that does happen. What do we want to pass down to our kids? Stones of remembrance of God's goodness and blessings and mercy and how he's delivered us from our past. Are we going to carry those past hurts? Because let's face it, in the past you have hurt, you have pain, you have bitterness and anger. We have to leave that dirt behind. You can carry the memory without the dirt. Build up from the stones of what God is strengthening you and building inside of you. We don't want to carry that sand. It's just a sinking sand that you can't build upon. Tell. It says tell them. To tell them. Remind them of God's power. Of how He stopped the flow and the flood. And make sure that we are telling the story, the right story. Make sure that we are telling about the stones and not the dirt. Remember God's grace in your past. Remember His forgiveness. Remember who your help is at this second today as you're sitting in church. Remember who's helping you now, who's speaking to you. And today, remember about who's going to be there for you tomorrow. Remember to always look to the right stone, the stone of your salvation. It's been fun to dive into Joshua. In every chapter, we get to see Jesus. And I believe if we look, we get to see a picture of Jesus throughout every chapter of the Old Testament. God just reveals himself in new ways. And he paints a picture for us yet again in Joshua chapter 4. Are you ready to see Jesus or meet Jesus in chapter 4? The Israelites were required to build a memorial made of stone, a sign to help them remember where hope has come from. Now, you may be already there where I'm headed with a stone and a memorial. And there would one day come where God would use a stone as a memorial to represent Christ's death. He was sealed. His body was dead. But as the stone was rolled away, that represents now a past and revealed the living stone. Jesus is the stone that we remember in our past, our present, and our future. This may be talking about a physical stone, and yes, we can see a physical stone in history that was rolled over the tomb, but we also see the living stone that is Jesus. And that living stone is where you will find your hope in your past. That's where you will find your grace for the present. That's where you will find your hope for the future. It is the living stone that is Jesus. That is where we fix our eyes. And when you fix your eyes on the stone, you remember. You remember the provision of God every single time. So we are talking about a spiritual stone in your life. 
The testimony doesn't come from the physical. It comes from the spiritual testimony of Jesus Christ in your life. And when you look to the living stone. The stone that some have rejected. But to you has become your foundation or to some their cornerstone. Jesus, who we fix our gaze upon. He is the rock. Of your salvation. He is the rock. In which your life is built. Jesus is the rock of your eternal glory. Jesus is the rock of your refuge. Jesus is the solid rock in which you stand. Jesus is the rock that satisfies and quenches your thirst. He is the rock of ages. He is the stone, the living stone. And it tells of God's great power. And if you by chance happen to forget the name of who you should remember, the rocks will cry out and remind you. To tell of the great power of Jesus Christ. Remember who God is. Remember His love through Jesus. Remember His provision for you in your past, your present, and your future. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be dismayed. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He will be, His strength will be with you. Your courage will be with you. When you remember where your strength comes from. If you forget that, that is when we become weak. Be intentional about where we see God in our past, our present, and our future. You will have a strength that may have been missing in your life. Today you may be feeling weak. You may have been walking around weak and not really sure of your past. Not really sure where you're at right now. Not really sure where God is in your future. But I'm telling you now, as God is speaking to you today, remember me and I will reveal myself. I will reveal new things in your life. Things that are covered up and unseen to you now. The impossible I will make possible. I will make a, a passable way. I will show myself to you. I do have things for you that are going to be through this storm or through the waters. I will reveal new things to you that you will take a hold of. And begin to remember and tell of God's great wonderful works. But you've got to focus on the name of Jesus. And he will speak. To you in the beautiful song and the lyrics. Some of you may know this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Just look full. In his wonderful face. And all the things of this earth. Will grow strangely dim. In the light. Of his glory. And grace. Remember your rock. Remember where your strength comes from, where it came from, and where it will be.
It is in Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you, and I want us to stand together at this time. You have been weak. You've been doubting. You've had questions, and it's been painful, and you've been on this journey that's been been with you for what for for I'm going to say months for some of you right now and it's it's been a battle internally inside your mind and in your heart and and you just feel like you you're not sure where God is. In fact, the desire to even cry out to God is just it just seems too much. And you're hanging on by a string. God's speaking to you today. He says, I I have a strength for you, but I need you to remember that I'm with you right now. Just as I've been with you in the past, I'm with you now and I'm ready. I've been ready. Are you ready? You ready to just give it over? To stand on something that just feels solid again. That faith in Jesus Christ that you have once known that just seems to not be there. He says, just remember me. I will build. I will build that in you. I will build a faith in you that's not of your faith, but it's my faith. Just like the centurion said, God, I don't know how to believe. I don't know how to have faith. He's going to do that for you. I believe that there's people here right now who could just raise their hand and say, "I, I just. I need God, to answer this prayer and make me strong again. And I believe it's going to do a miracle in you. When we choose to remember where our strength comes from, it does not come from your abilities whatsoever. It's only God who can part the waters that's standing in front of you. If this is you, and you're just weak, and you're tired, you, tr- you believe God, but you, it's just dwindled. And you just need a strengthening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for people to come forward if this is you in a moment. But you, you just, you're ready to be stronger in your faith. You, you want that. You desire that. You're just not sure how to get there. This is the first step. This is the first step. When you take a step towards God, he's always going to meet you. You take one step to him, he's going to take three giant leaps towards you. The goodness of God. If this is you, and I don't care how old you are or how young you are, right? God is here to be your rock. Your rock. And I just speak I, what I feel needs to be spoken into me today. God is saying, I am your rock. Directly into your heart right now. God is saying, I am your firm foundation. You can trust me. You can trust me. I see you. I see how weak you are. It breaks my heart because I have made you strong and I have made you courageous. You just need to be reminded of how strong you really are. And it's in my name that you have strength. If this is you and you want just that newness of God's strength, 
I'm going to invite you to come forward. There's a strengthening that builds to the altar. I'm just going to pray over you. If this is you, I'm going to invite you at this time just to step out in faith and just see what God does. Just come forward and we're going to pray together. And this is a good strengthening. This is a healing thing that God is doing. I believe that there's just some things that, that God is doing in your life and He is the struggle is there. The the the, the pain is there. Because God has something more. And through this and on the other side, there's more. Here's your opportunity. Right now is your opportunity. Are you going to trust him or not? Are you going to give it over to him or not? Are you going to praise the name of Jesus? Or are you going to stand at the water's edge? Get your feet wet. This is what you're doing right now. Right now, your feet are in the water. And I believe right now, the answers to prayer that maybe just weren't on your lips are coming. The answers are coming and they're already provided. God's just revealing them in your life now. He's going to be revealing them and speaking to you. I'm going to ask a few prayer partners to just come and help me pray because this is a this is a this is a game changer for us up here. Okay? This is a we're going to leave the dirt behind. We're going to pick up the stones. We're going to remember this day. We're going to remember how God has provided for you today. So I have some prayer partners. Dave and Pam, would you mind? Jay and Judy, would you mind? And a few others. Ray and Bev, uh, please come. And prayer partners. Sonny. Thank you, Monica, Julie. Church family. We're in this because God just changes lives. We believe that. What, what we're seeing here is a dramatic change in people's lives, spiritually, internally. A new trust. So, as we're here together, we're, we're all in this together. I'm going to ask that you just begin to pray. As When I pray, that you just pray. You just pray however you want. And it, it doesn't have to be eloquent. You can pray to yourself, pray out loud, whatever that is. But we're going to intercede for every single person in, in here, up here. Or a breakthrough. You ready? We're going to pray. And I'm going to come through and I'm just going to touch you on the shoulder or whatnot. But we're just going to agree. It's just how we know that we're together on this. Okay? You're not alone. Okay? The Israelites weren't alone. I'm going to prepare for you. God, you see every single person. You know. You know every heart, every name. You know. You know where there needs to be encouragement. By the power of your Holy Spirit, God, I just ask that you will begin to transform thoughts. A new way of thinking, a shaping and a molding of a mindset that was there. That carries the dirt that doesn't need to belong in their future. That is gone. Replace in the name of Jesus, God. Destructive thoughts. Thoughts that are of harm. Thoughts of 
insecurities, of doubts. God, I just ask that you will replace in the name of Jesus, God. Replace a strengthening of your love. Replace with the faith in just calling out the name of Jesus, of what that does. Jesus, I'm asking, we are asking up here today, God, that in the name of Jesus, we look to you as our strong tower, our refuge, our fortress, our deliverer. In the name of Jesus, provide in new ways, give answers where there's questions. In the name of Jesus, God, provide a way and in the, in the, do the miracle that only you can do that seems to be impossible. Bring the breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, there is a victory. In the name of Jesus, there is a strengthening through your Holy Spirit's power. In the name of Jesus, God, we claim the name of Jesus of power where there is strength. There is a never-ending resource by your Holy Spirit's power, begin to move, begin to shake, begin, Lord God, to do what only you can do. We rely upon what you have already brought to the table. God, as every person is standing here, just show them, God, inside their hearts that they are standing on the name of Jesus. And that impossible situation that is that if they are right in the middle of God the most vulnerable place God you are there in the midst heal the hurt heal the pain heal the heart in the name of Jesus tear down strongholds accusations persecutions slander in the name of Jesus take away the words of the enemy and provide the miracle of the word of life your life there was a strength there was a power in the name of Jesus in the name of of Jesus. I'm going to repeat this over your life. I'm going to look at you. I'm going to say in the name of Jesus, God is strengthening you. In the name of Jesus, God is providing for you and your family. In the name of Jesus, God is making you a new person. In the name of Jesus, God is healing and restoring. In the name of Jesus, God is creating a softer heart to hear your voice. In the name of Jesus, God is your defender. In the name of Jesus, God is your provider. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you will find rest in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you will find a newness, a newness, a newness. Something that God is doing and revealing new in your life. Together, God, we praise you for the work that you do. We lean upon you, your understanding, and not ours. In your ways, God, continue to do the miracle that you are doing, God. We trust you for your work. Today, 
We are strengthened. We are encouraged. And Satan has no victory. When God blocks the flooding, scary, impossible water, Satan cannot release what God has prohibited. In the name of Jesus, there is a stop from Satan's attacks and accusations. Stand on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. We do that together today. In Jesus' name, we say together. Amen. In Jesus' name.